BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of Breaking Beauty Podcast is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Harnessing the revitalizing powers of the red camellia flower, Chanel Research introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare, numero un de Chanel. Beauty ahead of time. Discover the collection at Chanel.com. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare infused with a high concentration of ingredients and derived from the uniquely revitalizing winter-blooming red camellia flower. Packaged with lightweight glass, organic ink, and other bio-based materials, Numero 1 de Chanel forges an unprecedented path of skincare innovation. Numero 1 de Chanel, beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Hey, hey, Breaking Beauty fam. Welcome back to another Wednesday episode of our show, Breaking Beauty Podcast. Hey, Carlene. Hello, Jill. It's good to see you. And um, did you know that yesterday was the official start of the Lunar New Year? I did not. No. Okay. So it's all about clearing out bad luck and, you know, getting ready for the year of the tiger from the year of the ox. And I think you're excited to get rid of some bad luck because you've had a morning. I have indeed. You know that expression, the dog ate my homework? Yeah. Well, the dog ate my computer charger this morning. Oh dear. Yeah. And I didn't even see him doing it. I just literally walked into the living room and found my computer charger in two separate pieces. It had just been like, it was like somebody took scissors to the middle of it. And they were like, you know, maybe you shouldn't be working today. I don't know what the message was from above. Is he okay? Oh yeah. He didn't actually eat it. He just ate, he just chewed through it. So yeah. So I'm dialing in through my phone. Hopefully we won't have any hiccups with this recording, but you know, what's great. Apple I love Apple for so many reasons because they Mm -hmm. are so human friendly. And I was able to order a charger and it's being delivered same day, like within four hours from the Apple store for 13 bucks. I was like, yes. Yeah, that's good. I've heard of a lot of people doing that. But back to that Lunar New Year thing. So it's the year of the tiger coming up. And I'm really big into like the Lunar New Year forecast. So you're a rabbit Mm -hmm. and I am a horse in in the year of the tiger. We actually have lots going on. So a rabbit, 
I'm just going to give you a little brief synopsis. It says that rabbit people, your career fortunes will be pretty good this year and your status will be finally rising. Mm. But you must stick to your role, do your own tasks well in anticipation. So that's good. And then for myself, so I'm going off of a website right now, which I don't even know if I trust, but here we go. So I'm the year of the horse. I will generally have good health and good luck in 2022. I'll not have any major problems, but I need to pay more attention to mental health issues. Well, don't we all? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And it said I could be overwhelmed, but I think in general, there's no big hiccups. It's just like, let's move along. I feel like these could apply to anyone. Can I just say, (laughs) they're like, your job's pretty good. Just keep doing what you're doing. And it's pretty good this year. (laughs) Well, I think that this one is not the most reliable. And so I need to know from our listeners, if anybody else has good websites for the Zodiac forecast for Lunar New Year, tell me what they are. Hit me up because I love, I love reading all about them and I will stay tuned. And speaking of forecasts, we have a bit of a beauty forecaster on our show today, Christy Stryker. She is the brow guru from Beverly Hills, one part of the famous Stryker sisters. She's going to be telling us what's hot in brows this year a little bit later in today's show, whether it's bushy or the skinny brow. She's got tons of tips for brow rehab. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. And before we get to Christy, I just wanted to go through some hot, hot beauty news with you, Carlene. Mm. And a couple of things that are on my radar, one of which is a brand new launch from an industry icon. Mm -hmm. And that's a new makeup line from Janine Lobel. Mm. She, of course, was the founder and creator of Stila. I mean, Stila was so iconic when it came out. The kitten eyeshadow, the convertible colors. Mm -hmm. I still use their liquid eyeliner. It's one of the absolute best. She sold the brand, but now she's back on the scene. Have you seen anything about this? I've seen the name. Is it Neem? Uh-huh. N-E-E-M? It's N-E-E-N. Okay, Neen, yeah. Yeah, which apparently was her nickname, which I think is really cute. And so really what the whole, what this whole launch is about, it's really about having fun and creating looks at home and just having fun with makeup. So the line is called Neen and she says, makeup used to be all about fixing this problem or that problem. But today it's much more about creative expression and showing the world who you are and the mood of the moment. And so basically what you get, it's kind of like a subscription model, Carlene. Hmm. And each month you get a postcard sent to you with a look that you can create. And there's QR codes that you can scan on this postcard. So not only does she send you the look to get inspired, but she also sends you samples of little makeup musts to create the look. Hmm. And so they're basically like a tutorial that's sent to you every month and all of the products that you would need to create it. Okay. Are they minis? The product? Yes. Okay. Exactly. And then the idea is you can order more if you like it. Yes, Hmm. precisely. Okay. So I have not had an opportunity to try the products yet. Obviously, I'm very curious about like her cream blushes because those convertible colors were so Mm -hmm. key Mm -hmm. back in the day. So yeah, so I think it's a really unique concept. And you're kind of getting to like try before you buy. And I think this is a trend we're seeing. Certainly, we saw that with the Lisa Eldridge Foundations. If you want to know what shade you are, Mm -hmm. you get like a little blister pack of three colors that you get to try before you, you know, end up with like a graveyard of foundation colors that don't work for you. Yeah. So I think this is really cool. It's really smart. And I think it solves a problem. And that is buying beauty through the internet, right? And how do you know Uh for sure that you're going to like it? Like you can't try before you buy in stores the way that you used to do at the counter. 
And I think that's often the best way to lead with innovation and these new brands. And I think for some of these seasoned founders, it's like they know that, right? And they're not going to get in the game. It's too late for me to. Like you can't just jump in Mm -hmm. now and be like, oh, it's all inclusive. It's uh, lip glosses that looks like skin. Like, no, we have that now. Yeah. You know, so I think this Mm -hmm. is really smart. And it reminds me of the Marcia Kilgore story which if you guys haven't caught, go back and have a listen, but going from Bliss and then launching Beauty Pie, which is the, a beauty club. Uh, what is it called again? A club, a buyer's <laughs> club for beauty addicts. But yeah, it's just so different and so cool. Another piece of news that I want to share with our listeners who I think will be a little bit surprised by this, Carlene, and you and I were slacking about this yesterday. And that is that trend mood you know, mm-hmm. keep in mind, Trend Mood is not Women's Wear Daily, but Trend Mood is reporting that Fenty Beauty is going to be sold in Ulta stores. Mm. So I don't know if they got the scoop. They say the word rumor, but it's probably just to cover their ass a little bit. There's been no official reporting okay. on it. But I do think that this is really interesting because Sephora has Kendo brands. It's kind of like their incubator. And that's where Fenty Beauty comes from. So it's a lot of in-house trade secrets that are informing everything to do with Fenty Beauty, right? So if this were the case, I think this would be pretty groundbreaking that they're taking one of their in-house Kendo brands and uh, now distributing it at Ulta, which I would assume would be one of their main competitors. Mm -hmm. I'm excited if Fenty gets in the hands of more beauty lovers with this move. So I think yeah, it's absolutely. really cool. Thinking big. So one more thing I just wanted to quickly say before we get into our chat with Christy, I have a correction that I wanted to talk about because we had a listener, a very savvy listener who was listening to our Violette episode a couple of weeks back. And I love that episode. I love her, by the way. I'm like obsessed with her products. And so we were talking about the Boom Boom Milk. It's an all-over cream spray. And it's sort of like a three-in-one toner serum and moisturizer in one. It has like probiotic ingredients. And I was gushing over it. And I said, I really think that this is going to be knocked off. I haven't seen this before. I think Curel has a new one. And one of our savvy listeners called me out and said, this already exists in the Korean skincare market. And so quite likely Violette may have been inspired by that because we know she likes Korean skincare as well. And that's possible. I don't know. But I had Googled around a lot to see if there were other moisturizing sprays or moisturizing cream Mm -hmm. spray. Like I tried a bunch of keywords. So I was really surprised that I missed this. So I do want to mention though, because credit where credit is due. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. Hmm. So one of the products, and I'm so surprised I did not know about this, is the Laneige Cream Skin Refiner Mist. And Mm -hmm. I have actually, I love this line from Laneige. They have a cream skin toner and it's a milky toner. And I don't know if you remember, Jill, but I mentioned that in a Damn Goods episode when it first launched a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. And I really don't think that they had this refiner mist at that time. So they must have launched it like after that. Or maybe it didn't launch in North America. But anyways, I haven't tried that one. I'm sure it's really good because I love that toner. And also, last week in our barrier repair episode, I mentioned Dr. Jar's Ceramidin line. 
And apparently they yeah. have a ceramide and cream mist, which I also didn't know mm-hmm. because it's not available at Sephora. So it wasn't on my radar, but you can buy it on other sites. Like I think Yes to Style might have it. We'll link to these in our blog. Yeah. For this and like I love the ceramide in, so I'm sure that one's good as well. So I just wanted to give credit where credit is due. I honestly probably should have guessed this because Korean skincare, I mean, we know they're just like the queens of texture innovation. So thank you, Celeste. Thanks for letting me know. And now I can't wait to try those products. So it's time to switch gears and get into our guest of the hour, our very special guest. And I was lucky enough to interview Christy Stryker in person at her Beverly Hills Emporium. It's really cool, Carlene. It's like part brow grooming stations, but there's also this like very well curated storefront And unfortunately, you couldn't join me for this interview. Yeah, no, I left LA a little bit earlier and I'm jealous that you got to have a treatment by the famous Christy Stryker. I mean, for those of you who don't know, she kind of trademarked the feathered brow. And so she, I know she has like a whole brow rehab program for people who have over tweezed in the past. Maybe you got into the skinny brows the first time around in the 90s or maybe in more recent months. But yeah, she has like these special techniques like how to backcomb your brows and micro feathering. So we're going to get to the bottom of all that, you know, microblading, all of the things that you might be Googling to do with your brows. Jill asks, and I can't wait to hear it as well. Yeah. And I have to say, I was pretty starstruck just even sitting in her chair because I know, you know, Adele goes to her. Mm. She said that Adele kind of sneaks in there before her gym sessions. And she also works on people like Lord. And she's even the go-to person when people want to transform their brows for a big role. Like I know Sarah Paulson did that when she transformed into Linda Tripp for that impeachment show. So mm-hmm. I was definitely in very good hands. And I'm going to create a whole reel to show you the thing that I got done, which was brow tinting and brow lamination. And I saw your selfie with Christy and your brows have never looked better. So I can't wait to hear all of her tips and tricks and the products that are always in her brow toolkit. So here she is, Christy Stryker. <laughs> So you're best known for your signature feathered brow technique. Can you explain what that is? It's sort of a philosophy and it's a look as well of a philosophy where it's sort of resembles a feather where it's really soft and there's some wispiness to it. There's no hard lines. We only tweeze. I think when you use wax or even threading, you have that tendency to have that really stark like hair to no hair line. And and so we try and steer clear of that and add softness. And that's what the tweezing can do. And really working with what you have. Not everyone has really thick full brows. So working with what you can grow and making them look as great as possible. And you were saying it's kind of about, it isn't about that stark, really rigid kind of look where it's more like the hairs around can act as a, it's like a beneficial thing. It can help with the softness to the brow look. Exactly. And I think that's why 95% of our client, we start with the tinting first because that itself will sort of take those blonde downy, I call them downy hairs, little fuzzy hairs and make them darker. So it just like adds this little diffusion and sort of fullness around the brow and makes them look a little bit more like abundant basically. Yeah. That was a light bulb moment for me when you said that because I'm always fighting that peach fuzz Mm -hmm. around my brow. And I always think it makes me look like I don't take care of my brows or that I don't 
like know that they're there sometimes. And I think the trend for a long time was that to remove really make it very clean. Like especially the threading years that I went through. Yeah. You're taking away every single hair around your brow. So I think you're right. It's like more modern to Mm -hmm. kind of have And sort of of let go of that idea that it needs to be perfect because truly nobody's looking at you that close. I think we're all our sort of toughest critics. When we look in the mirror, we think that everyone's seeing that, but we're also sort of self-consumed that we're not even thinking about anyone else's (laughs) stuff. We're only thinking about our stuff. So that's another interesting element to, to what we do is sort of giving women permission to let it go. Yeah. And like, let it grow. No one cares. It's going to look messy for a while. But then what happens after these cycles is that it starts to grow less down the lid and more into the brow and sort of become a part of the brow. And then they become pretty much zero maintenance. Okay. Amazing. And so the feathered brow is obviously your signature. And that's not to be confused with the micro feathering service that you pioneered. So tell us how that's different. So micro feathering is my trademark version of microblading, which microblading uses a handheld tool to create uh, little hair strokes into the brow. And I think, you know, there's a lot of similarities there between my process and, and a lot of others. But I think the major element that separates it is I try to cultivate as much natural hair growth first before I'll do micro feathering on somebody. So I, I make them a feathered brow client and have them do, you know, the appointments back to back um, every six weeks and see what can grow and then decide if they're a candidate or not. Because truly, it's like I was saying, it's not 3D, it's in the skin. So being able to blend it in with natural hair, it makes all the difference. And then it's like a vegetable ink or something like that. No. So the vegetable dye is what we use to tint the brows. The pigments that I use for microfeathering are actually pretty similar to tattoo pigments. Okay. The vegetable-based ones tend to be highly allergic. Oh, so wow. I stick with the tried and true. Wow. I did not that. ever hear that before. Well, there's a lot of food allergies. Right. So. Okay. I'm sure you've tried them all. Yes. So you've, it's trial yes. and error. Yes. So we can't avoid it, Christy. We have to talk about the 90s skinny brow trend. Mm-hmm. It's coming back. I was just showing you pictures of Lila Moss, which is Kate Moss's daughter on Instagram. And she's definitely up and coming. And she definitely has that more like sleek, thinner brow. And she's, you know, 20 years old. So she's absolutely stunning. So does this scare you as a brow artist to see this trend coming back? Or what do you think makes it sort of different this time around? Well, all trends cycle back, right? So I think it scares anyone that ever over tweeze their brows, right? So seeing that people are like, no way, you know? And I think that like any 20 or even 30 year old, I think you have to try everything once, you know? And sometimes you have to learn by experience. You know, I did that when I was, you know, 20 something. And of course I was like, well, they're going to grow back and I'm always going to be young and beautiful. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, I think a lot of people still are repenting for that skinny brow mistake yeah. mm-hmm. of, of their youth, right? It's nice to experiment right? yeah. with your looks and, and hair and all that. I would never be that person to tell somebody to not experiment because that's what's fun about being young, yeah. right? Yeah. But all of us that have gone through, you know, trying to grow eyebrows out, mm-hmm. and maybe they don't grow back, I think would have a different say about it. Yeah. 
but it is what it is and everything yeah. cycles back. So for sure. I do feel like one of the advantages of skinny brows is that it does make your lid area seem bigger and more open. So, you know, something that I just sat down with you and did was the brow lift service. Mm-hmm. So you obviously offer that at your studio and that just to confirm everybody, it's not plastic surgery. Like we are in Beverly Hills, but I did have to, I did have to try this out. So what inspired you to do the brow lift? And maybe you can talk us through what I just experienced. I think because everyone, especially that seeks us out, wants their fullest, most fluffy brow possible. Yeah. And some people's hair sort of grows straight over. It doesn't grow sticking up and some people's do. So I think that having a, a technique or a service that can change the direction of hair growth so they do grow straight up, so they look extra fluffy is something that people are always going to want to at least try out once. Right. And it does. It just gives you a lot more to work with. Okay. And so there's actually, it's, so what you did on me, maybe we can talk through the steps. It was, you brush them up and then you're putting like a solution on them, mm-hmm. right? It's a two part, two step, two solutions and mm-hmm. two different parts. And each solution has to sit for about seven minutes. Right. And it's a keratin treatment. So it's actually not terrible for the hair, the skin, it's, it's very, you know, quick amount of time. So, and it does, it changes the direction of the way the hair lays. So we brush them up so they stay. Yeah. How would you compare that to like brow lamination? What are the differences? It's similar. Yeah. It's very okay. similar. Okay. Um, the lamination, I think it's probably maybe a more intense look where it's actually like on your forehead, like yeah. stuck to you, like a soap brow look. Yeah. This is more just kind of up and fluffy, yeah. a little bit more of a, a natural looking I love it. I, it honestly makes me feel like I have so many more brow hairs. And I think too, having those hairs being brushed up and yeah. then your lashes underneath it, it gives this just uplifting sort of effect that yeah. makes you look really awake and yeah. also somehow like makes your lashes look longer. That's right. <laughs> so that's that whole cool. lifting idea, mm-hmm. right? You don't need the fox eye trend, guys. You can just exactly. get a brow lift. So if you are getting a brow service done, what are your best tips regarding brows and Botox. I know we get this question a lot. Like, do you groom your brows first and invest there and then get an injectable or vice versa? Yes. And why? I I see it all the time with injectables. I think a little bit too much on one side can definitely make them look uneven. And then, you know, you're blaming your brow artist. And, you know, obviously we can make them look uneven as well. But I think that trying to overcompensate in the brow area by taking off a little bit more hair can be a little bit more detrimental. So by doing your brows first and then doing Botox, so you can kind of see, you know, and sometimes the Botox can help, right? Like if one is naturally a little bit lower or one's, you know. And if someone is deciding to go to a practitioner who offers tweezing versus waxing versus threading, why would you choose one versus another in your opinion? Like what are the drawbacks or benefits? I prefer tweezing personally. Mm -hmm. I think I like the control. It's one hair at a time and you can get that sort of softly diffused feathered look that I think is really beautiful. But there's no right or wrong way. It's just what you prefer. I do know that with waxing especially, it can be hard on the skin and it can the tugging and pulling can be break down the elasticity and it can you can get some hyperpigmentation there. It's a quick and easy way to remove hair that's great for like bikini and leg area, but not for the brow. I think the brow deserves that precision. Yeah. And when you were working on my brows, you shared a really interesting philosophy. Maybe you can share that with our listeners just about your expectations when you're sitting in the Mm -hmm, chair and you're mm -hmm. getting your brows tweezed. Right. 
I do think that there's this general idea when you get any service done, it's like, get everything or give it all to me because I'm paying this amount of money. And it doesn't really translate as far as I'm concerned with eyebrows because it's less about the hair you take and more about what you leave behind. And like I said, working with those little blonde downy fuzz and like Mm -hmm. actually making them look like they're part of your brow. Right. And leaving a few kind of perfectly imperfect little stragglers that kind of add to the the look of the brow that makes it look maybe a little undone and mm-hmm. kind of feral looking can right. be really pretty. So it's a, it's embracing that and changing the mindset of just like getting that really clean wax stark look. Yeah. Well, you can see the TikTok video now, right? And be like, I just went to my brow <laughs> artist and like she took out three hairs and I just paid 50 bucks. What the hell? <laughs> like, you know, that I think it's a really good point you make. It's about the hairs you leave behind. And maybe instead of booking like a brow shaping, book just a brow tinting yeah. and leave, you know, a lot of the hairs or tweeze a few on your own. I think that there's a lot of um, people now taking their beauty into their own hands, especially with the pandemic. And there's so much good information out there. And I actually offer virtual appointments for people and you send in photos and I can kind of guide you on what hairs to take. Because like I said, I think you get sort of over tweezed or over waxed once and it's hard to trust somebody again. So you're going to probably be a little more conservative than maybe somebody else because everyone's idea of what is natural is different. Yeah, that's so true. We'd love to get some specific tips for at home. So how do you figure out your best brow shape before you even go near a tweezer? It's the old pencil trick. Mm-hmm. I know it's like been around forever, but it's it never fails. So holding a pencil or any anything with a straight edge mm-hmm. that's on the thinner side along the corner of the nose so it goes straight up to the corner of the eyes where the brow should start. And then you hold that same point along the nose and you do it just outside to the outside edge of the pupil and that's okay. where the brow should arch. Just so like at a 45 degree angle from your nostril out toward the outer corner of your pupil. Yeah, outer corner. And then for the end of the brow, it's the same thing, corner of the nose mm-hmm. to the corner of the eye. And I feel like that's where a lot of people tend to over tweeze and also where the hair falls out first as we age. So I always so, encourage yeah. those young people to just like leave those ends long and right. not too thin. Right. Okay. And that's universal. That mm-hmm. trick will work for any face, any, anyone. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good to know. And you're really known for, I've seen your sister emulate your technique, which is this brow back combing. Is that something that you do on everybody or tell us about that and why you do it? Yeah. I think I realized that most people, when they apply pencil, gel, whatever it is, are just sort of lightly dabbing in the areas where they need, trying not to disturb the hair at all. And I realized if you kind of get in there and pick up those hairs and deposit the color, the gel, the powder, whatever it is underneath onto the skin, you get a little bit more, not only product placement, but you kind of move the hairs in a way that makes them look a little bit more fluffy, especially when using these tinted brow gels that have microfibers. It's almost like a, an instant volumizer. Right. So in this case, you would start at the end mm-hmm. of your brow and then you're working toward the, to the center. Corner. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And just do light little like feather strokes mm-hmm. kind of going in the opposite direction of the brow growth. 
and it sort of picks up the hair and it applies to the underbelly of the right. hair. So it adds that volume. Yeah, it's got, it's not bulk, but it's adding that. Yeah. The fibers do kind of. And then you do want to do like one last little wisp sort of going in the direction to lay right. the hairs down. Right. But you'll see it's quick. It's a game changer. And yeah. it's, I mean, it seems like a, it's a very simple idea, but I don't know if that everybody thinks to do it. Try which it. Is great. Yeah. And what are your best tips for filling in brows? This is obviously the other big thing aside from figuring out your shape. So when should you use powder, pencil, pomade? There's just so many yeah. brow products yeah. out there now. It's like quite overwhelming, I think, yeah. for a lot of people. So what's your pro opinion? I think it's fun and also nice to try a couple of things and see what you prefer and see what's what works for your skin, for your hair, and, and obviously for your like dexterity. You know, not everyone can use one of those fine tip pens. Right. There's these like great sort of thicker pencils that almost work like a jumbo crayon that get the job done and it looks really nice. I personally like when it comes to pencils, using a product that is powdery, but in a pencil form right. because it adds like a nice soft softness to it. And then when it comes to gels, I really love a tinted brow gel. I think Mm -hmm. it can be a quick one and done that really makes the hair look a lot more abundant. Color is is like shade matching is really key. And I think that's also tough. So try a couple different colors and and check them out in the natural light to see what looks best. And you obviously want to match your color to your brow hair, not Mm -hmm. your head hair. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to look the most natural. Yeah. And just going back to like application of color, what types of tools do you use in terms of makeup brushes to get the color on? Let's say if it's a powder and a compact or something like that. I like the tightly sort of tight angle brushes Yeah, for powder. That's why I love a pencil. I think because it's it leaves one element out and you can just shade with the pencil itself right. when it's a nice soft powdery formula. It's almost like a powder, mm-hmm. but in a pencil form. Right. And then you're not having to worry about getting too much or not enough on the brush. Yeah. And what about application in terms of like, do you do one brow fully and then go to the other side? Or are you like trying to step back? What do you do? I mean, I think it depends on the brow, mm-hmm. but I like to start in the area where you need it the most yeah. and add a little bit and yeah, take a step back, have that like mirror distance. And again, natural light so you can see what it looks like and make mm-hmm. sure that it's not too red mm-hmm. or too warm or too ashy. Yeah. Do you see a lot of that where you people are just getting it all wrong with the color? Like what's the biggest mistake people are, are making? Yeah, I think color matching, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it looks good in their bathroom light, mm-hmm. but in, you know, in the natural light, it, you can just see it. And I think too, some of the formulas, if you have oilier skin and you're using a waxy pencil, it can kind of turn on you a little bit. Yeah. Um, so oilier skins, I think do really well with powders. Yeah. Okay. And then in terms of setting, what do you like to to use for a powder? Is it like a clear setting gel or? Yeah. yeah. Stronghold clear yeah. gel on top of anything and everything <laughs> is like my favorite product yeah. of all time. Have you experimented with any of these pomades that are like, they're like the brow freeze from Anastasia, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not my favorite. Yeah. It feels a little messy to me. I think I'm like, I love something that's quick and easy. Mm-hmm. And the tinted brow gels for me, is it's always been just the one and done because yeah. it, it sometimes it can get on the skin to like help with fill-in. It also is coating the hair. It's adding the fullness. It's sort of everything in one. Yeah. yeah. The pomade is intense. I've definitely, yeah. or the yeah. freeze, I've tried it myself. And I like it to look like hair and not like a line. So I think it just depends on what you're going for. If you want that really like 
super overly filled in kind of sleek drawn in brow, that yeah. might be your go-to. It's a look. Yeah. It's a look. Totally. And which brow products are always in your kit when it comes to tweezers and products you use to shape and fill in? I love a good spoolie brush, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a mascara wand, basically. Um, not too firm, not too soft. Just to even brush the brow hair. I think yeah. it helps to like keep it healthy. I love good tweezers. I always use Rubus. I've used Rubus for probably my entire career, basically. Why do you like those ones? They're the most precise and sharp and they stay sharp. Okay. It's like once you try a Rubus tweezers, mm-hmm. you're like, why would I use anything else? <laughs> and it's the pointed, like the pinpoint I like the tip? slant. The, the slant. slant. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the slant comes together at such a fine, precise edge. It's really right. nice. What else is in your kit? As far as grooming, I love a, a smaller scissors with sort of a curved edge, which is in my, I have a grooming kit. And it yes. has these, and they're actually cuticle scissors, but they work perfectly for the brow because okay. you can really get in there. They come to a really super pointed tip and they can, you can just sort of cut one hair at a time, which is what I like to do. I like to stagger the lengths instead of that like crop top crew cut. I like to make it look a little more natural and it's really easy to do that with those. And then styling products. I love a clear or tinted stronghold gel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Mac brow set or whatever it's called. Kosa's actually makes my favorite one right now. And the, the color variety is amazing. Okay. They make every shade and they're really beautiful. They have a nice small brush. They even have the little microfibers in them. The color is pigmented, but not too pigmented. And the hold is really nice and it's yeah. clean. Yeah. And oh, I do want to ask you, when you're in doubt with your brow hue, what color to get, you're just really not sure. Is there a rule of thumb or one color that you think you just go for? Good question. I, I do firmly believe that everybody is like, one or two shades when it comes to the brow. I mean, oh, unless you're a redhead, you probably have like a like soft blonde hair. Yeah. It's never really red. It's just like a nice soft blonde. So you're like a medium brown or dark brown. And mm-hmm. most people's shade is, or not shade, but hue is a little bit more on the ashy side or okay. neutral. So unless you're really trying to match, like if you have red hair and you're trying to match, you know, the red hair to the brow, Everyone's just like a nice medium ash brown. Okay. And DIY trimming. I know you mentioned your cuticle scissors. Is this a do or a don't in your opinion? Like, have you had to fix a lot of mistakes from people trimming? The good news about trimming is it will grow back, right? Whereas you pull out a hair and sometimes the follicle doesn't always produce. So, but you can cause some serious damage by over over trimming mm-hmm. and create holes and sort of spiky brows. Sometimes they they actually lay nicer when they're left a little bit longer. So right. I'm not a big trimmer. I trim if they really need to be trimmed. Right. But just case in point with your, your brow lift, like yeah. brushing those longer hairs up really gives you like a lot more fullness. Yeah. And it's yeah, a lot more youthful, I think, mm-hmm. for sure. And now I'm sure you encounter this a lot, which is any tips for people struggling with brow hair loss? How can you make them look their best either in salon or at home? Because I think there's a lot of, like you said, it's it, your brows are on your face. It's hard yeah. to just, you can't like spray in a dry shampoo and like cover totally. up the spot. Yeah. So it's very, yeah. can be very psychologically upsetting for people if they are losing their brow hair. Yes. Yes. And if you're someone that can't get the shape right, yeah. there's those great stencils that I think yeah. can be really okay. helpful Yeah, in using like a nice soft powder. Okay. And then any hair you do have using a tinted brow gel to make that hair look as noticeable as possible. So you're not just seeing like a one-dimensional drawn-in brow. Right. That you kind of make the hair stand out 
a little more, it will help that. Yeah. One of the things I think must be the most challenging is if you see it a lot with women who have hormonal imbalances where Absolutely. it's the end mm-hmm. of the brow. It's just gone. Yes. So what's your recommendation there? Find a product that matches the hair that you do have and use a really soft sort of light hand to fill in that end, yeah. you know, and, and any hair you do have. And the pens are nice for that too, because you can actually, it, it takes a little practice, but the pen, you can actually add little hair strokes that look like hair because yeah. there's breaks. You can see sort of clean skin in between. So right. it's not this like solid filled in effect and practice with it, you yeah. know? And if you were to use a powder on a space where you basically have no hair, so basically you're putting this color onto skin. Mm -hmm. So how do you make sure that doesn't, I think that would be something I'd be concerned about is like it's sliding off during the day or you're not sure that it's looking as uniform as the rest of your brow. How do you get that color to stay put? I think playing around with and practicing with a waterproof pen. Mm -hmm. Anastasia makes these, their little brow pens that are actually waterproof. I think that's your best bet. And using as light a touch as possible to create that. Or if you want to use a powder, maybe use a really soft light color and then go in with a pen to create that two-dimensional look. It just depends how much time you have and how much you care, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think the Stila all day, that's such an old school one. The Stila waterproof, but they don't have a lot of colors, but I think I've heard that it works really mm-hmm. well yeah, and looks really natural, yeah. which is great. And what about, we get asked about this so much, Christy. It's about these brow growth things. So it's either people wanting to undo, undo, undo what they did in the past and they're trying to get back what they had or they're just um, struggling at a certain stage of their life to get the brow hair back. Do you think they work or... They do. I've used one for probably 15 years and I just use it like once or twice a week now to maintain, but they don't work the same on everybody. Mm -hmm. That's the bummer. You really have to try it and see how it works Mm -hmm. and switch it up because that one could not work for you for whatever reason. You can find a formula that does. Okay. There's natural versions as well. Yeah. So what's the one you use? I use Grande Brow. Grande Brow. Mm -hmm. Okay. I saw it in the store. I've used it forever. Okay. It's tried and true. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it's important to use it every day for at least yeah. six weeks to kind of get it in there. And I'll even tell clients, like, put it next to your toothbrush, something yeah. that like reminds you to use it every day. Yeah. And then after that, if you get the growth that you want, you can maintain it okay. by using it two times a week, something right. like that. Right. And do you know if that one is like stimulating hair growth? Like, why does it work? I'm so interested. It's actually, it has a hormone, like a steroid okay. in it. That it does. Helps. Yeah. Okay. And then what about some of the more natural ones that, that are out there? Have you They're tried used, those? Yeah, yeah. And they work good, not as well as the ones with the prostaglandin in it, which yeah. is the steroid. But castor oil has been known to help with hair growth mm-hmm. and other really nourishing oils. Yeah, okay. Pixel. And- we were talking before, and I don't know how much you want to reveal, but that you are working on your very own line of products. I know you sell a brow kit on Goop. Is there any sneak peeks of maybe what might be to come? Lots of good styling products, which I'm very excited about. Up until now, I've only had grooming products. I, I sell my Afori oil, which is a pre-tweezing oil. And then I sell the Operate Calming Cream, which is a post-tweezing soothing cream. And then a kit that has grooming essentials in it. So finally, to be able to jump into the market with yeah. styling products is really exciting. I can't wait. 
Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. Like that cherry bomb, like that cherry bomb